Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. This is the sound of the Lion Hotel. Yeah, I love them tuning up right now. <laughs> can Jason hear us? Is Jason Please. here? I can hear it. Oh, I'm shit. here. Can you guys hear Jason? Can you hear me? Hey, Jason, guess where we're at right now? Are you at the Lion Hotel? We're at the Lion Hotel doing our podcast. Beautiful. Do you know what podcast it is? Uh, <laughs> Could you tell I us what podcast it is? I'm a podcast. Yeah, how about you g- uh, give us an intro? Oh, give us a telling intro. <laughs> give us your thing. We bailed at it. We sucked oh. at it last year, last week. We need uh, you to do it. Save us. I think it goes something like, uh, welcome to the Sun Cinema Podcast, a weekly radio show that examines the highs and lows of the medium of film through the filtered lens of Washington, D.C.'s only privately owned art house cinema. I am your host, Jason Cauley. I am calling in today. And I'm joined by my co-host and the proprietors of Sun Cinema, Dave Cabrera and Ryan Hunter Mitchell. Gentlemen. So good. Man. Wow, that was really good. Man, you aced it, Jason. We have a secret guest, but we'll she'll remain. Oh yeah, secret. Denise is here. Yay! Hey. Oh, burn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's gonna go over one of her favorite films with us later on this episode. Uh, she's one of Excellent. like three sons employees yeah <laughs> she's one of four now sons four? employees yeah. but she's leaving us to move to la she's going all hollywood so we're gonna mm. force her to talk film with us uh <laughs> but first let's talk about uh last week and this coming week at yeah. sun cinema our programming what do you uh, what do you got dave uh yeah so what, what day is it it's tuesday got it okay so uh <laughs> Yeah, we did uh, a night of Polish animation. We've been doing on Tuesdays these uh, Eastern European animated shorts. And, man, the Polish ones were super dark. Uh, even, <laughs> I was going to say, were they, were they a little dark? Even, like, you know how we did... So we did the Jim Henson stuff, and they do, like, number things, and it's like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, it's like fun. Eleven, twelve. The Polish one was, like, so ominous and dark, and you're just like, <laughs> yeah, we get it. Math sucks, or I don't know. It was... <laughs> Like David Lynch's ABCs. Uh, yeah, it was basically like that. Short. It was the the least uh, people hung around for the least amount of time. I think <laughs> for that one, they're like, okay, this is not getting. I could be depressed brighter. at home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then, like Hitler's coming again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoop de do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How was Wednesday? Uh, Allegro non troppo is a, a pretty cool like Italian. Uh, riff on uh, what's the Fantasia? Yeah, it was pretty trippy. Oh, yeah, oh, it was okay. trippy and it was really funny. Okay, yeah, it was great. It was a good crowd. Got a a round of applause at the end, so that was neat. Nice. Uh, Samurai Shampoo we did episodes of that on Thursday. Pretty are cool. So, are you so sick of cartoons? I'm never gonna watch a cartoon again <laughs> after this month. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, Samurai Shampoo is cool. It's very like you know hip hop. And Samurai. <laughs> Sounds Neat. cool. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, paprika. It's like a cooler Inception, basically. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, really? 
Wait, how can there be a cooler Inception? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> Boom. Take that, Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Afro I feel Samurai. Like almost everybody has a somewhat of a uh, love-hate relationship or a hate-love relationship with Christopher Nolan some, at some point in his career. It's mine's, mine's much heavier on the hate side generally. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Well, he tricked us to thinking he was going to be like a, a burgeoning indie director, and he just went hot shot real quick. Yeah. He's fine. And that's it's okay. Fine. I mean, I, I'm fine with the Spielbergs of the world, you know, <laughs> and if you can get that studio money, go get it. I just, I don't like the pandering. That's where I come off a little, you know, upset. I don't, I don't feel like there's a, a genuineness to his work like there is in Spielberg's. I feel like his is more pandering mm. to, to the audience and it just frustrates the hell out of me. But the, <laughs> the explosions sound like you're there though. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then Afro Samurai. Afro Wait, do you guys like Paprika? I think I talked about it for like six weeks in a row on the show. <laughs> oh yeah, we. I didn't see it. I, <laughs> I didn't really see it either, to be honest. Nice, but it looked. It but looked it looked cool. really cool. <laughs> hey, I know you told us to watch it, Jack. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> so you had one job. <laughs> uh, we just ask everyone to watch all these annoying movies, and then the one that you ask us to watch, we don't. <laughs> Welcome to Sun Cinema. Uh, Afro Samurai Resurrection on Saturday. That was fun. Samuel cool. Jackson's cool, obviously. Yeah. yeah. That one was pretty fun. Uh, Alice on Sunday was uh, a Jean Svankmeyer film. It's all stop animated. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Is it a it's pretty weird. Jefferson Airplane kind of movie? White yeah. Rabbit type right. thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. They came up with that story, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which leads w- us into this upcoming week. And tonight we're doing a night of uh, the same director's shorts, all stop animated stuff. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, our friend Tarek Farrow Hawk is presenting the works of Windsor McKay, who's like an early animator, and he's adding his own soundtrack to it, which should be pretty cool. I've, I've seen a lot of the Windsor McKay shorts. They're really cool animation. And he also was, was one of the first to like mix live action into animation. Uh-huh. So he's yeah. got some cool... Cool stuff, and Pharaoh Hawk plays some cool music, so yeah, it'll be think, pretty cool. I think it'll be fine. Uh, Thursday is the Boondocks episodes of that. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's cool. Uh, mine, I've seen the funny papers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not Boondock Saints. Uh, mind oh. Game on Friday <laughs> is... I cannot recommend that movie enough. <laughs> it totally lives up to its name. Yeah, Mindfuck? Mind, yeah, basically. <laughs> uh... Saturday, Fail University. It's a comedy show that's like a mock college lecture. I think the theme this month is revolutions. Oh, okay. So each comedian gets up and does a PowerPoint presentation based on the theme. One day we'll have some of these uh, characters from Fail University here. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. They, they, they do a pretty good job of uh, pretending they're professors and giving pretty asinine lectures. Yeah. And then Sunday is... Uh, a little-known movie called An American Tale. Aw. Right? Aww. Do you think anyone's going to so come cute. for American Tale, actually? I think so. <laughs> it's just going to be we a should. bunch of kids, and it's going to have, like, the... Oh, damn. I was going to say we could have the mind game trailer just to... <laughs> off the kids. You can still play it just to freak out the kids. All right. And that's our week coming up. Yeah. Uh, well, all right. It's pretty cool. Uh, I guess we can kind of sneak peek later about what we're... Th- 
what we're thinking for next month. Yeah. Because it's almost it's, June, so we're kind of like... It's going to be fun, yeah. It's almost ready. Dude. It's got to be something. It's, it's going to be summery. It's going to be fun. There's it's going to be wet. going to be wild. Uh, it, it's Memorial Day. When is Memorial Day? Next Monday. None of us get... Ladies and gentlemen, Denise. Here. Yeah, yeah, wow. Denise that is was, here. What a... <laughs> Uh, hell of a radio voice there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so n- none of us really get three-day weekends because we all work too much. Um, but we know that Memorial Day is coming up. Uh, so, Jason, I know mm. that uh, you know more about movies than us. You know a hell of a lot more about Memorial Day movies than us. <laughs> I wanted to uh, get some pass or fail uh, recommendations from you on... Time Magazine's yeah. uh, best Memorial Day movies to watch on Memorial Day. Time out. Yeah, time, time out. Time Whatever. Out. I, you know, it's on the internet. It's not even a magazine. <laughs> and how did you know I wasn't going to pull out a Time Magazine issue? I, huh? If you've got one, I'm happy to go through that list as well. Well, I don't. <laughs> uh, okay, so this is a Time Out's best Memorial Day movies. And after this, we'll just throw you some of our other Memorial Day movies we can think of. Yeah. Is this a pass-fail or are we... Rating? What are we doing? Uh, yeah, just do pass fail. Maybe tell us what uh what they yeah, I'll give you what a, you think I'll they might get a, wrong or right about any of this. Uh, sure, sure. You know, I'm, I'm going at this pretty blind. So the ten I'm, best I'm Memorial Day movies. Okay, feeling, starting with number ten. Uh, I don't even know where it's starting. Feeling patriotic, salute America's sacrifice by watching the best Memorial Day movies honoring the military. Uh, number one, Yankee Doodle Dandy. Anyone seen this? Oof. With Jimmy I've Cagney? Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, I mean, it's... It, listen, here's the thing. Like, if, if you're a true, like, I don't know, crazy cinephile and you really love Jimmy Cagney and you really love, you know, kind of his gangster, kind of almost, you know, predating Bogart's uh, gangster, although there was some crossover, uh, this is not that. Okay. This is him doing, you know, he is an absolute song and dance man. Uh, I believe he won the Academy Award for this as well. Uh, I'm sure he did, actually. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, it's, it was a different side of Cagney. So to put things into perspective, like at that time, nobody had seen him do anything like this. So he just kind of came out and blew everybody away uh, with his ability to sing and dance. Kind of so, like when Johnny Depp played Captain Jack Sparrow. On the Black exactly Pearl? Exactly like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly like that. Or when he played Keith Richards on... Uh, <laughs> yeah, got with it. The, with the no, wood so, leg? I mean, it's a pass. I, I, I can't believe they would select that as number one. That seems, you know... It's a, well, I can't believe you knew so I, much about that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, you, you just... All right. Man. Well, you just knew way more than we expected about that movie. <laughs> yep. That's only number one. Oh. So you've, you're already giving a failing grade to timeouts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, number two, American Sniper. Uh, oh, okay. Um, the 2014 version? Half wow, of these exactly are just going to be... the right date. Jeez. Damn. <laughs> um, yes. Again, like it's Clint Eastwood being very, uh, you know patriotic and i can understand how people see that this is kind of one guy's story um what is it chris kyle's the guy's name yeah uh, mm-hmm. that he plays and and i don't know if it's got a it's got a killer ending it's kind of a bummer um but it plays to the kind of ptsd and and stuff in a in a way that was 
maybe previously not captured. It's a pass, I guess, but it seems like there's again, a lot of controversy number two around that. You know, movie, I, there? I feel like there's stuff like Platoon and Apocalypse Now and things like well, that. Don't, that don't be, well, come on, don't get ahead of yourself here. How do you know they're not on this list? Later. Oh, I'm not saying they're not on the list. I'm saying at number one or two, those are their number one and two is. Pretty, <laughs> yeah, I can't tell if these are off the in order or not. But. Yeah, but they put one or two, and they called it a top ten. Well, anyways, number three. Okay. Thirteen hours with a Quiet Place star. Uh, is that the guy from Quiet Place? Oh, John Krasinski. Yeah. Mr. Handsome. Mr. Handsome. Mr. Yeah. Handsome. Hey, if you want to look at like a handsome dude wearing a handsome beard, <laughs> and I, I'm always envious of this because I can't grow a beard for crap. <laughs> um, I'm all about it. Other than that, it's kind of a crap of a movie. Okay. Uh, that's, a, that's a total fail in my opinion. <laughs> mm. Michael Bay. Huh. Who would have guessed? All right, number four, Platoon. Well, there you go. All right. Uh, I mean, look, Platoon's kind of the, even though there's stuff that came out, I mean, it was the rallying cry of the 80s for the Vietnam veterans who were finally at that point starting to get some recognition. You know, um, so, yeah, total pass. Or, uh, yeah, Total Pass, it's it's a, it's a great film. I, yeah. I have issues with Oliver Stone as a human being. Jason, sounds like you got another call coming in. As well. Oh, sorry, you got a call coming in? Should I should I hold? You, no, you have uh, a call coming in. Uh, oh. That's you. Well, just don't answer <laughs> oh, it. Whatever you do, it's not as important yeah. as this podcast. Yeah. You can uh, conference you them in, maybe. No, 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 we're good. So... Um, uh, I love Platoon, but I, I do feel you're kind of right with this Oliver Stone thing because I feel like he does make these elaborate movies just to have his his little one-liners in there. Uh, actually, yeah, no, it's totally him talking through a movie. Yeah, Jack, can you play that clip of... Uh, is there a clip of uh, Charlie Sheen? Oh, whoops. Of uh, Three and a Half Men star Charlie Sheen. Uh, yeah. Just play the one of what him doing film, the freak man. out, actually. Wow, whatever. Just... All right, here we go. Have this him winning is, uh... or whatever. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Wow, he's so young in here. Please don't. You do what? I volunteered. I dropped out of college and told him I wanted the infantry, combat, in Vietnam. You volunteered for this shit, man? You believe that? He was a crazy fucker. Giving up college? Didn't make much sense. I wasn't learning anything. I figured why should just the poor kids go off to war and the rich kids always get away with it? Well, I see. What we got here is a crusader. <laughs> Sounds like it. Shit. You gotta be rich in the first place to think like that. Everybody know. The poor always being fucked over by the rich. Always have, always will. And that's why Oliver Stone makes movies. Yeah. So, so he, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is an awesome movie. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's a great line in... Um, Fitzgerald's and the Great Gatsby, and and it's like so eloquent and so like on the nose, but it's uh, the rich get rich and the poor get children, you know, <laughs> yeah. and and it's like that's how you that's how you translate a line and and you just make it so easy. And his Stone's got to make this an entire scene about rich versus poor, and, uh-huh. and I don't know, I just. The things that bother me about Oliver Stone are, are kind of endless. But and I've seen him speak a couple of times, and he's worse in person. Oh, I can imagine. So, I've, yeah, I'm, it's it's unbelievable. I'm mostly familiar with him getting slugged in the face by Quentin Tarantino over what what was the one? What, why did he get punched by Tarantino? 
I just remember it was at like a dinner table and he just like punched him in his chair. No one's heard oh. this? Oh. Yeah. I no. Think, Why do I not know this? I think Oliver Stone took one. Like we'll, we'll verify this later, but you, if not, you heard it here first at Sun Cinema it's Podcast. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Tarantino slugged him in the face at a dinner table, which is cool. <laughs> All right. What <laughs> number, do you got for number five? Number five, Saving Private Ryan. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's Spielberg doing, and again, this is that kind of time frame. It, Spielberg was a little ahead of the curve. It really happened what, around 2002, 2003, where we really, really, and 2000, I guess, because... Band of Brothers. Timely. Yeah, the Band of Brothers thing, and, you know, the, well, the actual World War II memorial, I think it was dedicated in 2004 or something like that. All right. Um, you know, so, but Spielberg is a little ahead of the curve. The Just the opening scenes on the beach... And I know they're they're kind of uh, they're hard to watch, yeah. but really there has never been anything like that uh, yeah. before, and maybe since that is both just that technically proficient and that gut wrenching at the same time. And that's just the opening fifteen twenty minutes of the movie, and you've still got another two hours of change to go. Um, but it it's it's a great film. It's a great film. I, I don't argue with that at all. Sounds like a solid fail. <laughs> Yeah. Wait. Bubba. Bubba was my best good friend. I had to make yes, sure I he was, was okay. Something. <laughs> Something. Close to the same. God, movie. Saving Private Ryan is just great. I love the part <laughs> where he names all the shrimps. Uh, yeah. uh, okay, yeah. no, number six. Uh, Flags of Our Fathers. Half of oh, these are Eastwood uh, movies. Yeah, so this is right. Now, Flags of Our Fathers is a good example of like it coming after that wave. So it was like 2005 or six, right? Uh, Flags 2006. of Our Fathers. Yeah. Damn. Six. Yeah. So like that's Eastwood coming on the, and he did the the uh, Iwo Jima. Uh, oh, letters from Iwo well. Jima. Yeah. Letters from yeah, letters from Iwo Jima, which was told in the other perspective, and uh, you know it's a neat spectacle of a thing to do I didn't think Flags of Our Fathers was anything too ultimately impressive it's very much grandstanding and you know uh, while Eastwood has skill beyond you know what I'm comfortable expressing uh-huh. uh, it, this is not one of his best okay. films by any chance so like a no, C I, I don't recommend watching that over <laughs> Memorial Weekend <laughs> I don't recommend watching most things. Yeah, so. the, I mean that should be the measure. Okay, what about Black Hawk Down? Oh, number seven. American gangster director Ridley Scott. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> better book than a movie. Okay. I would say. So um, read it over Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, Mogadishu '93. It's it's an easy read. Now there was actually a better book written. <laughs> uh, I'm not kidding. Uh, at the same, roughly the same time that came out after Black Hawk Down, uh, called In the Company of Heroes, and it was told from the perspective of one of the down pilots, ah. and uh, it is gripping, and it is kind of cover to cover over a weekend, like you can't put it down, it's amazing, well done, really, really good book, I couldn't recommend that enough. The movie, it, you know, like most Ridley Scott stuff, especially after 2000, it's about 20, 25 minutes too long. Um, you don't really feel like, unless you've read the book, you don't really have a connection to these characters like you should in a movie of this uh-huh. kind of brutality and, and caliber. 
so I don't heavily recommend the movie. At any point, does an alien surface out of anyone's chest? No, but it would have been welcoming about our <laughs> hour two mark. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number eight, Sergeant York. Oh, Sergeant York, I do love. Uh, I God, I love Gary Cooper. Damn. I think Gary Cooper is one of the most like truly sincere, genuine kind of actors of of that generation, and kind of took Hollywood stardom and and made the most of it as an actor. Uh, which is something a lot of those guys can't say. Uh, but, yeah, so if, if you're not familiar with the story, it's, it's Sergeant York um, was this guy growing up in, I think, Tennessee. And it's a Howard Hawks film. Uh, so, I mean, Howard Hawks is just, like, at his top-notchness in 19-whatever-it-was, in 41. So it's World War One. Guy's a total pacifist out of Tennessee. All he wants to do is, like, you know, own a piece of property and and kind of feed his family. And he gets drafted into World War One and says, hey, I'm not going. I don't have anything to fight for. I, you know, this is not who I am. Huh. It gets a little uh, Hollywoody and a little Jesus-y, uh, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but Walter Brennan's in it, a uh, lot, of, lot of great supporting cast. Anyway, he ultimately goes to World War One and becomes one of the most decorated uh, non-commissioned officers in the history of the United States Army. Is this a true? And, is that a true character? Yeah, true story. Ooh. True story. Yeah, it's and it's just I'm telling you, like it is really a great film. So I highly recommend it. All right, pacifists get more medals. And Gary Cooper won Best Actor for that as well. All right. <laughs> God, I'm going to find a curveball somewhere. New okay. segment on the show: Wikipedia <laughs> or Jason Collins? <Conley. laughs> <laughs> okay. The, uh, no. Number nine. What do you? The best nine. years of our lives. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> best years of our lives was probably the only real, and somebody could call me out on this, I'm sure, but of the time, it came out in '46, so right as the war ended, and it was the first film that really dealt with World War II and PTSD. It was the first film that ever dealt with real PTSD oh. and what it was like for these guys coming home from World War II. It was, most people look back and think 1946, It's a Wonderful Life was the best picture and, you know, all that because it's just the longevity that it's had and, the, and you know, over the sure. course of Christmas to New Year's, it's kind of the, the standard film. But the best, year, the best years of our lives won best picture that year. And really nothing, even now, has really come out that deals with, like, hey, this is what it's like coming home after being at war. And they did it in a way that nobody had ever seen before mm. uh, and did it so soon after World War II that it had just an instant impact on, on the nation across the board. It's really kind of a forgotten film, but it is really a great film as well. Well, noted. All right, are you ready for number 10? Yeah. What do you got? Is it something decent? Uh, it's Patton. Oh, it's Patton. Okay. Which uh, was Richard Nixon's favorite film, apparently. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> famous for launching the, the writing career of Francis Ford Coppola. He won, an, won his first Oscar, won a, you know, 37. Or uh -huh. Did he win others? Uh, yeah, he won a couple more a couple of years later. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, Patton's fine. It's 
over three hours. I mean, you've really got to be kind of uh, gung-ho. I love war movies. I love, you know, America. Uh, and I love George C. Scott. I do love George C. Scott. He's from the same state as I, you know, where I grew up in, in Missouri and uh, is one of the greatest actors of his generation, probably the closest, you know, uh, counterpoint to Brando um, in that generation. But it's too long. I don't recommend watching this. I, don't, I wouldn't call it a fail, but it's definitely just, if you've got three hours, you know, take take an hour and go get a nice lunch and then watch the best years of our lives or Sergeant York. If you're going to watch some film you haven't seen before that, you know, okay. to do with Memorial Day. Was this the most informative so. segment on the Sun Cinema podcast? Ever. I been. think Without it was. Without a doubt. Right? That, was. that was incredible. Oh. That is, <laughs> that's the most film conversation we've had yeah. by far in what, yeah. six months of doing this yep, yep. Damn show. That was a master class. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> and here we were this morning. Like crappy lists and then like throw them at each other, just rip them apart. That's, we seem to do really good with taking other people's hard work and just tearing it to pieces. Yeah. 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 But, uh, Quips and shitting all over their stuff. Um, well, right. any glaring. I feel like that was a weak list. Wow. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, yeah, where's Apocalypse Now? I it, mean, well, that's the first one on here. And you mentioned Brando. That's the first on my uh, addendums to this. Is did you uh, Apocalypse Now, where is that? Is it no good for Memorial Day? Yeah, I can't imagine it not being. I, I, will, tell you, I will tell you this. My stepmother's brother uh, did three tours in Vietnam in, from like 66 to 71. So like right through the heat of oh, everything. Damn. Uh, you know, came back and, and did the same thing. Like he did the first one and then volunteered. He got drafted and then volunteered for the next two tours. And, uh, when he saw that film, I, I remember this just to my core because I remember thinking, this is so absurd. When I saw it, when I was, you know, 17, 18 years uh -huh. old, I was like, I love it. This is amazing. It's got everybody. I love in it. Robert Duvall's like just the most badass, badass of all time. And Brando's being Brando, like on a meta level, and Charlie or Charlie Sheen, Martin Sheen's so good, uh, Hopper, everybody's just great in it. But it's so absurd, right? And like some of these things are just beyond reason. And I, I said, you know, oh, I love Apocalypse Now, but that's you know, it's just so far fetched. And my stepmother's brother said that is the most accurate piece of film ever put on celluloid to depict what the Vietnam War was like. Holy shit. And I was like, <laughs> Damn. I was like his point was, it was that absurd. You know, you saw shit that shouldn't happen in life happen right in front of you, and then something disastrous, and then something hilarious, and then, you know, all these things. So that just kind of put it in a totally different context for me. And I've always been a huge proponent of it across the board. And I love telling that story because it is such an absurd film. You think, yeah. well, it's good, but it can't be, that's not what Vietnam was like. And just to hear somebody who's, who did that much time in Vietnam go, that's exactly what Vietnam was like. Yeah. Uh, for me was, was huge. Uh, yeah. Does, uh, the way he told it, it seemed like people kind of were, I don't want to say losing their minds there, but it, 
Yeah, you mentioned the absurdity of that movie, how it like switches between the kind of funny things, crazy ambushes, uh, this kind of... Yeah. Never Brando. get off the boat. Yeah, never get off... And, like, it... I mean, Brando is, like, a... I, I mentioned here, a godfather nihilist cult division uh, leader. You right. Know? I mean, he's just such a character who's gone so inside himself in that... Right. And I know, I mean, it, it is... Uh, a total play on Joseph Conrad and, and that, that whole thing, I, you know, as a jumping off point, but really, I mean, Coppola won best director at Cannes film festival for that. And, you know, it was just, I think a lot, a lot of people look back on that and go, what was the best picture in 1979? Everybody says apocalypse. Now it was Kramer versus Kramer, mm. which is a, you know, it's fine it's enough fine. film by its own standpoint, but it's more of a lifetime movie than it is yeah. the best picture of a particular year. And Dustin Hoffman and Meryl Streep are great and all that, whatever, but, uh, and I'm not dismissing it. Being very diplomatic. Great, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just one of those things where you look at, where you look back at, you know, kind of awards and realize how little sense they make. Oh, definitely. Uh, that's, to, to me, like Apocalypse Now and Kramer versus Kramer in 1979 just is kind of the epitome of that. Or, like, was Pulp Fiction the same year as Forrest Gump? Anyone recall? Or am I just making that up? I think they're both 94. No, you are. No, that was, that was 94, yeah. Uh, yeah, didn't, like, Forrest correct. Gump win, like, Best Picture? The prequel oh, yeah. to uh, Saving Private Ryan? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, we've just got a hardcore film history and war history lesson from uh, Jason Colley. Um, yeah, thank you for yeah, that. I'm Let's, trying to think if there's any other uh, films on that that should have been on that list. If I, I'm sorry, I wasn't more prepared. I would have had a couple <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. should be sorry. Yeah. You really uh, blew it, man. Well, I think there's uh, a... No, I'm not being facetious. <laughs> I really do think there's probably a couple other great like war films that just I'm not, not coming to mind at the moment. Yeah. Well, here's one. How about Rushmore? Uh, oh, let's uh, listen to a clip from Rushmore. Let's come back and talk real film. Let's talk Titanic <laughs> wow. with Denise. This is a different kind. We are making problems, problems, problems. Problem. How long you've been in country, soldier? How much time do we got, Wood? Two minutes. All right, bring me some more ketchup very quickly, please. This is gonna look stupid. No, it's not. It's gonna look real. 
Adios, Espacito. Adios, Sarge. Say a prayer for Surf Boy, wherever he is. Semper Fi, soldier. Semper Fi. I love the mixing of Eyes Wide Shut <laughs> meets Rushmore. Oh, this is not Eyes Wide Shut. This oh, song played in Titanic, oh, God, actually. hell yeah. I'm an idiot. That's a beautiful segue. Yeah, you know. Semper Fi. <laughs> I'll take Rushmore over Dunkirk any goddamn day. Of any the week. day, sure. I'll oh take... God, Rushmore is one of my favorite favorite war movie. Well, guys, ah. Denise is leaving us. That's what this is for. She's off to Hollywood. Our hearts will go on, but our hearts will go on. I'll never let go, Jack. This <laughs> 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 is the most depressing show you've done. <laughs> hey, I know it's. You just all start yeah. weeping. All right, guys, are you ready for a BuzzFeed uh, article that we can rip on? No way. <laughs> 33, 33 things you didn't know about the movie Titanic. Oh, God. Woo. This is going to be fun. for uh, Jason's going to know all of these, and so is Denise. I highly doubt it. Titanic is not my, uh, you know, not my wheelhouse just, as far as Just Google BuzzFeed, 33 things. Wait, Denise, you are you a huge Titanic fan? Yeah. <laughs> She's a fan of the VHS, though, so she knows it as VHS tape one and tape two. Ah. Well, you know how every kid had that movie that they watched every day? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mine was Raising Arizona. It's <laughs> a good one. Mine was Titanic. Wow. All a right. long movie to watch every day. Every day. Yeah. Every damn day. Uh, number one. Studios wanted Matthew McConaughey to play Jack, but James Cameron insisted on having Leo. Did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> we could have had Russ Cole. Call. <laughs> yeah, I'll I think that was a good ask, move. Uh, McConaughey myself. Who? How did like studios like? Did they already know who Matthew McConaughey was? How did they know? And we yeah, didn't. When did Dazed and Confused come out? Uh, I guess that was before Titanic, wasn't it? Let's see. No. Here. Was it not? What, right. year, what year is Titanic? Titanic is like ninety-one, isn't it? You yeah, know, he hadn't done anything uh, yet then. Ninety. It's got to be 90, later. 96? Oh, six, yeah. So, yeah. So, Is it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Maybe they knew him from Angels in the Outfield then. What, was he one of the ghosts? He was, he was in <laughs> Angels in the Outfield. So it says uh, his acting credits. All right. Um, number two, Gloria Stewart, uh, who, who I think plays Old Rose, was the only yeah. person who worked on the film who, actu- who was actually living in 1912 when on the Titanic. Yeah. Cool. Wow, BuzzFeed. Good investigative journal. Here's a good one that I didn't know at all anything about this. Um, on the set of Titanic, Leonardo DiCaprio's pet lizard was run over by a truck. Wait, what? <gasps> but with some TLC, Leo nursed him back to life. And look, it looks like it's a Aww. chameleon. Oh, stop. <laughs> stop. That is so cool that TLC and Leonardo DiCaprio revived a lizard. Yeah, what a collab. <laughs> what a collab. <laughs> All right. Oh, this is this uh, I've only read some of these, but this is my favorite. <laughs> Number 4. On the final night of shooting in Nova Scotia, one or more pranksters mix PCP, angel dust, into the clam chowder served to the cast and crew. What? 80 people were sent to the hospital with hallucinations. <laughs> That's that Whoa. can't be real. <laughs> Uh, according to BuzzFeed. You no, know, it is. Jeez, that's crazy. And there's a great, like, goofy picture of Leo and Kate Winslet, but that's implying that they were eating that clam chowder, and I'm sure they were not 
They're probably the ones that did it. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely Kaywin's. <laughs> All right. Number five, Reba, Reba McIntyre was offered and had accepted the role of Molly Brown, but due to later schedule conflicts, had to turn it down. I don't know. Who cares? Really? Wow. These aren't even the interesting These facts. aren't. We're, hopefully we get to them. Uh, okay. Number six, Kate Winslet was one of the few actors who didn't want to wear a wetsuit during the water scenes, and as a result, she got pneumonia. Well, she wanted it to be real. Well, she wanted to be freezing cold. (laughs) She actually actually drowned Leonardo DiCaprio. (laughs) Uh, The cost to construct Titanic in 1910 to 1912 was 7.5 million dollars. They could only build half the ship. That probably yeah, is that true? That wasn't the fact that was on here. This was just saying that that's 120 million to 150, and the movie cost 200 million. So the movie was more than the ship. Yeah. Cool. One didn't sink. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) All right. Titanic was the first film to be released on video while it was still being shown in theaters. And they show the double VHS right there. I still have it. Really? (laughs) Yeah. So, shit. You can still see it in theaters and go home and watch it. That's because it was still in theaters forever. Forever. You still still have the double VHS? I do, actually. It's probably the only VHS I own. (laughs) Yeah, I've still got the Raising Arizona VHS as well. I was, um, I think I was five when I first watched Titanic. Because oh, I was born, oh, I think, the year. No, yeah. I'm very young. So I didn't even, I actually didn't know how to change the VHS in the VCR. That's how young I was. So Whoa. I would have to bug an older sibling to change it for me. Oh, that's Every like- day. A new layer of torture. I know. <laughs> Not only do you have to put on Titanic over and over again. <laughs> I just and there were six kids in one house with one TV, so I would run home and make sure I got home before everyone. Because it was like whoever turned it on was in charge. Right. And then you would just put on the longest <laughs> movie. <laughs> I just remember being in high school and going to see something else, like on a Friday night, and seeing this like group of friends hanging outside of the theater just all crying and I was like what the fuck Whoa, is going wow. on it's just because they had just seen PCP I still cry every time Trudy dies her maid that's Which, the saddest part when Trudy dies the maid yeah that's pretty sad I've seen this movie a couple times but I don't remember the details at all I remember you know when people really? are sliding down the ship uh, the, it's when yeah. she's wearing her maid outfit and she's sliding backwards and her uh. skirt's up it's, it's a bad way to go God. There's one way I don't want to die. That's it. My memory was in the theaters. My mom like covered my eyes during the nude scene. During the nude scene, but yet like I was fine watching fucking Beetlejuice or whatever other crazy films. You know? <laughs> that was art, mom. Yeah, come on. <laughs> I'll know it when I see it. Wasn't it a big deal because it was PG-13 and it had nudity yeah. in it? And I was like, maybe that's what. Well, t- there was an edited version. Mm. But it was art. That was like yeah. the the way he got around that. Because it's art. Because it's art. Uh, Okay, number nine. Old Rose in the movie owns a Pomeranian. A Pomeranian was one of only three dogs known to have survived the disaster. Oh, wow. So are they implying This is why I don't read BuzzFeed. Yeah. You You know, BuzzFeed is actually like... uh, In the hotel, like the company, if you see all these people in the lobby right now, it's actually BuzzFeed. Is that really true? It's really true. Real true story, yeah. Oh, 
There's like oh, a little wow. event going on. Maybe we well, can find the writer. Well, the writer. <laughs> you're in your yeah. If you're in your room, writer of this article and yeah. listening to this podcast. Oh, there's a picture of him here uh, at the top of the article. Come down and say hi. Does anyone oh. see him in the lobby? Let's right do now? a Where's Waldo? Can we do a, a like a? Do you have like a the, <laughs> a mic or something? Uh, He's got uh, a flannel a on and glasses. Paging Matt Matt Stapera. <laughs> <laughs> Also, we need to correct, uh, just for, you know, our own sake. Uh, it was it had to be 97. It was 97. Ah. Okay. Yeah, because it was the same. I just remember it being the same year as L.A. Confidential and being upset that L.A. Confidential didn't get the best picture. Mm. Uh, okay. Well, anyway. maybe they should have had Damn. Leonardo DiCaprio. Also, the year Biggie died. R.I.P. True. Yep. 97? Uh, James Cameron wanted Enya to compose the score. Yeah, she declined. Whatever. Psh, that's okay. Uh, James Cameron drew all the pictures in Jack's sketchbook. The hand scene sketching Rose were not Jack's, but Cameron's. Really? Yeah. Oh. All right. Sounds kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at that scene and the hands, they look much older. And you're like. <laughs> yeah, and if you were a five year old obsessed with Leonardo DiCaprio, you notice. He would definitely notice. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, BuzzFeed. Hey, who said I was obsessed with Leonardo DiCaprio? <laughs> God, BuzzFeed is riding outside our <laughs> podcast right now. <laughs> Pissed off. They know what you're up to. Yeah, they heard us. They've... Whoops. All right, guys. Uh, the, uh, How many I'm going to get to the better ones lying? of these. <laughs> God. God. Can you get. Yeah. I hope everyone, everyone listening to our podcast can hear BuzzFeed right now. Yeah. They're really. Buzz feeding in our... Never mind. Uh, uh, the elderly Buzz couple seeing hugging on the bed while water floods in their room are the owners of the Macy's department store. <gasps> oh my god, store. this is the most romantic story ever. Yeah, and it's true. Yeah. Kind of. So they actually ripped her line of like, you jump, I jump off of this couple. Well, and It was women wow. and children first for the lifeboats and she refused her seat and died with her husband. Yes, and she, in real life... Hang in there, Denise. Ida said, I'm as, we, go, don't worry. <laughs> as we have lived together, so shall we die together. And there was supposed to be a scene of it, but it got cut. Well, there is a scene mm. of an, um, there's a scene where the song that we opened and you see like the, a painting of a ballerina, you see a baby's doll, and then you see a couple laying in bed together as their uh-huh. room is filling with water. They just cut the scene where she says, where she refused ah. her seat on the boat. All but right. there is a little... A little tribute well, to BuzzFeed, them. maybe you should have hired yeah. Denise and had cooler facts yeah, to share. Seriously. Um, uh, after filming, the ship was sold to scrap metal. Who cares? Gwyneth Paltrow was up for the role of Rose. Meh. Yeah. Uh, after finding out that she was going to be naked in front of Leo, Kate decided to break the ice by flashing him the first time they met. <laughs> I did know that one. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's cool. Um, nah, who cares about the ship? Uh, the water was three feet deep, apparently. Oh, wow. Well, well, that's kind of cool. You can kind of tell. It, the, um, Leonardo's best friend in the movie. Uh, Kate Winslet. No, Billy no, Zane. no, no, no. <laughs> the guy that he wins the poker uh, right, game right. with yes. the Italian, the right? There's a scene where he gets Mario. crushed. He gets crushed by one of the large uh, things on the ship that falls. The cables break like and it crushes him. Like a smokestack type thing? It's the, the three, yeah. And that crushes him, and you can kind of tell because he's, like, swimming to get away, but you can tell that he's swimming in shallow water. 
Denise Cotting. You would have to watch this film 50 times She's in not a row surprised by to catch on to that. Between Jason's mastery of that <laughs> Memorial Day list and Denise's grip on Titanic, like this is some solid stuff we got going <laughs> this is more cinema knowledge yeah, than we've ever discussed. Really good. Uh, De Niro was going to play the captain, but he had gastrointestinal issues. Uh, what? Uh, it was originally called Planet Ice. Uh, no way. Which would have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> James Cameron spent more time with the ship than the passengers did. Um, the water was three feet deep. The water was three feet deep. <laughs> uh, when Jack is preparing to draw Rose, he tells her to lie on that bed. Uh, I mean, couch. Yes, he said that on accident. <laughs> on accident. That's right. <laughs> Can you, uh, on the bed, I mean, couch. And they liked it so much they kept it. That Leo. Uh, I, okay. Uh, so, uh, James Cameron didn't want any songs in the movie. Which would have been would have robbed us of my heart will go on. Yeah. Uh, anyways, any other good Titanic? Fact? Yours are better, actually. They Denise, were drinking you just root beer. To us. We're done with Buzzfeed. They're drinking root beer. That's one of Buzzfeed's facts. Cool, Buzzfeed. Uh, Denise, tell us your favorite things about Titanic. No, she's texting. In right middle in middle school, I dated a rose for a quick period of time, so that was fun. <laughs> because of Jack and Rose. Yeah. Not not because of Titanic. After James I mean, Cameron just, you know. finished the script, he discovered there was a real Jay Dawson who died aboard the Titanic. Whoop de <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was something that they found out after or they actually took the names of the characters from the roster of the people that were on the Titanic. Because you memorized everyone who died on the ship around that time, right? <laughs> All right, this was a sneak peek at next month's uh, programming, but we're not going to tell you exactly what next programming is. But Titanic was a was a hint, so everyone can email Jack at the Lion Hotel yep. and guess what next month's theme is. Any more facts? Anyone got? It was the first Titanic was the first Titanic film facts? James Cameron ever Any directed facts? that did not include or mention nuclear weapons. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, actually. Did Buzzfeed <laughs> so random? Yeah. <laughs> I guess Terminator 2 must have, right? Yeah. The Terminator was the nuclear weapon. When you think about it. Uh, Jason, you know a lot of facts. Oh, Anyone? here's one. When oh. Rose meets Jack in the final scene of the film, the clock on the staircase reads the exact time the ship sank. Oh. Continuity. <laughs> yeah. They studied something. <laughs> I just remember the MST3K ripping on Titanic, and that was pretty funny. But it was also the oh, really? the world's highest grossing film of all time until Cameron outdid himself with Avatar. No, let's end there. I don't know if <laughs> I we're I done. <laughs> and that's that's the future we have for movies. Yep. Whatever Cameron does next. Cool. <laughs> Avatar two. Avatar two. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Got any funny clips you can next play? Next week, Avatar yeah. 2. Yeah, next week. <laughs> let's, get, let's write a better Avatar 2 before it comes out by <laughs> next week and like, give you the synopsis. All right. Are we, we're done here? Denise I think, I think wants we're to leave so bad. Yeah. All right. Bye, Denise. Bye, Denise. All right, Denise. Denise. Good luck. Bye. Bon voyage. Bye. Bon voyage. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, 
and our DJ sets are available on Mixcloud.com slash Full Service Radio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at FullServiceRDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening.